Welcome to Day Zero Update for September 17th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. And I'm Brandon Perkin. Yeah, two-man crew, but we've got plenty of news to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, three big things happened this week. There was a yep. Nintendo Direct. Uh-huh. There was a PlayStation State of Play. And Unity decided to tell everybody that they hate their developers. Yep. That they want them all to go out of business, basically. Pretty much. Uh, and then we got late breaking news on that. Uh, we'll tell you about that when we get to it. Uh, but we finally got something of a note from Unity there, other than just clarifications. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we'll talk about that. But we still have some other things to talk about. But those are the three big things that people talked about this week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but before we get to that stuff, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, and I'll kick it off here with Nower Play With Your Food. Uh, this is a new game on, I think it's PS5, PS4, and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is sort of a, an experimental food game. Yep. Um, essentially, you kind of jump into little scenes of either different ways that food is made, uh, food is eaten, food is enjoyed, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, you get kind of free reign to... Uh, fuck around with the scene as much mm-hmm. as you want. Uh, you're just kind of a a cursor in the screen. Uh, yeah. You hit the face buttons and the D-pad directions to spawn up to you know eight different kinds of food that fit that scene. And then you get, uh, once you play through a few of them, they start unlocking different uh, other things you can do. Uh, they call them, I think, tools. You push in the right stick. Uh, to pull up those things, you get like a little, uh, little like a, a fire thing that they use for cooking. I forget what those things are called. Mm-hmm. Uh, to like brown, you know, a lot of dessert kind of stuff. Um, you get one of those things that you can just use to set stuff on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a knife that you can use to just cut up stuff. You get like a a meat tenderizer you can use to just smash things. Um, and there's a the handful of other things there that you can play around with as well as just I think something that just resets things a little bit uh, but you also get spells yeah. uh, to that to uh, make things just act in weird ways you know play with the physics all that kind of stuff uh, yeah. and one of those is also to set everything on fire they know kind of what you want to see yeah. uh, with a lot of this this game uh, and, you know, you start with things like, hey, make a, you know, a bowl of cereal kind of thing. And you can uh, use a cursor to put in a bunch of cereal. It's kind of like uh, alphabets kind of stuff. Um, and you can uh, play around with that, fill it up with milk. There's not really too much to do in uh, some of these scenes. It's just like, oh, you can you know fill it up with milk, put some mm-hmm. cereal in there. Uh, you can spawn like infinite amounts of spoons, just watch that kind of physics-y mess and all that. So you get that kind of stuff there mm-hmm. that is pretty fun to uh, mess with. That is, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's good to play like five, ten minutes in the scene. Um, mm-hmm. One of the early ones you get is also is like a, a meat grinder mm-hmm. that then just only gives you like cookies and gummy bears and this kind of stuff. And you can just sit there and just... Uh, spawn a bunch of them into the the top part of the meat grinder and just kind of use the stick to uh, grind them in uh, and play mm-hmm. around with them. 
all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to the point of, you know, here's like a big breakfast set up. I can spawn in eggs and all this kind of stuff. Then you start seeing some weird stuff. Like there's a, a flying jellyfish that shows up. Uh, that will just like take something out of your scene, grab some food and just disappear with it. If you let it mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuff. And it's, it's getting pretty weird at times. Uh, so I'm looking forward to putting some more time into that and see what, what other kind of weird stuff, but it's a, it's a fun little game to mess with. And the, the trophies kind of give you some extra things to do with it. Um, but I, I recommend kind of just playing through it and discovering things and then getting the trophies that way and then coming back and be like, oh, there's, there's one where, you know, you're making boba tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of shoot a bunch of the, the balls into a cup yeah. kind of thing if you want. And you can sit there and just put, I think there's a trophy for putting like 25 straws into the cup kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff. You can just stack a bunch of lids or just sit there and shake it around and knock everything out of there kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one's actually it's uh it rains a bunch of uh corn kernels on the on a surface and you hit the button to randomly pop them kind mm-hmm. of stuff and you can just sit there and throw them around all that kind of stuff uh maybe the one issue is there's no real accessibility options and if you uh hit a bunch of buttons quickly uh it goes into this warp mode where you get a bunch of flashing colors. Mm. all over the place where I'm like, oh, this probably isn't great for people with like uh, epilepsy uh, sensitivity stuff. Or it's like, maybe you could turn this down a little bit and still get the same kind of effect for people who could get triggered by that stuff. But yeah. uh, otherwise, it's it's a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. I just had some fun to mess around with things as you go through these different little scenes. I've played about half of them right now, so I'm looking forward to putting a little more time into it. It's only 15 bucks. Uh, with a like a ten or twenty percent discount for launch mm. uh, for that, so that one's uh, worth checking out if you like weird games. Yep. Uh, and a lot along the way, it has some good music that goes along with the chaos that you are creating. So uh, it creates a, a very fun uh, kind of vibe to it all. Mm-hmm. So there you go for that. Uh, the other game I'm playing, Eternites. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, what they try to. Uh, label is like a persona style dungeon crawler mm-hmm. um, where you are uh, playing a person whose buddy is trying to get you on dating apps uh, as he gets, you know, a life and stop being a, a nerd that hangs out in their room most of the time yeah, uh, kind of thing. And uh, get you on this one new one that they find. Uh, and you meet a girl that just asks you weird questions uh, before setting up like a yacht date for the mm-hmm. next day. Uh, but unfortunately, the next day, the apocalypse happen- happens. Um, people, like this big big wall just shows up in the city. I'm pretty sure you're in South Korea, uh, around Seoul, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, though they don't call it out, they just call it the city. Um, but this big uh, like energy wall shows up, and uh, a bunch of people turn into like mutant zombie things. And uh, as you get to the shelters uh, with your buddy, uh, you kind of are trying to see, like, is this going to get better? What's going on? That kind of stuff. But you eventually just kind of get out of the shelters as uh, things seem to be uh, getting worse. And as you go, you run into a couple of people, uh, a couple of girls. Uh, One of them ends up being uh, a girl named Yuna who is sort of a big pop star mm-hmm. uh, 
K-pop star uh, person that your buddy really likes a lot. You are sort of like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, you kind of team up together to figure out like what's going on. And mm-hmm. as you uh, sort of see firsthand like some of these weird mutants, uh, your character uh, starts, or you know, the Yuna ends up showing powers uh, to mm. heal, uh, and sort of describes how she had this person show up in a dream and tell her some stuff. Mm. Uh, and you, your character, has had the same experience, but doesn't have powers yet. Uh, unfortunately, you sort of get to uh, what I thought was going to be the subway that you used to get out of the city, but uh, this other person shows up who seems to be under the influence of the bad guys mm-hmm. uh, that have sort of caused this whole thing. Uh, either way, they cut off uh, your arm, your right arm, uh, seemingly like below the uh, the elbow mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing and ends up uh, having a sword that spawns there. Mm-hmm. This like cyber sword kind of thing uh, through these weird powers that you and the other girl have spawned mm-hmm. uh, with, and yeah, you use that to fight these zombies, mm. uh, these zombie mutants and uh, dealing with all that. So the, the combat's pretty decent uh, from what I've seen so far. Uh, it very much has the breath of the wild. You know, you do the perfect dodge at the right time. Mm-hmm. Everything goes into slow down and you get a chance for some extra attacks and whatnot. Mm. Uh, and you're using that to fill up a bar that lets you do special attacks, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm. And so you're kind of uh, doing a lot of that stuff. Uh, you're dealing with uh, some of these mutants have like ranged attacks. Others just have melee attacks, that kind of stuff. So you're kind of trying to pay attention to dodge opportunities and avoid attacks, that kind of stuff. Mm. Though dying is not a big deal. You just kind of reload outside of the the fight room that you uh, just entered. And especially if you're sort of low on health, you kind of respawn with full health Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of help you out. So if you get into bad situations where you just don't refill your health, uh, that kind of stuff helps out a lot. Mm. But uh, you do get the ability eventually to use Yuna to help heal you. She'll put out Mm -hmm. like a big healing circle that you can... uh, hang into, you know, stand in and that'll uh, start refilling your health and basically at that point you get to the actual train you need to get uh, on and get out of the the area uh, which is where you start running into the the main kind of story part of it where it starts turning into a persona thing mm-hmm. um, which is you have the uh, what you call drone lady, I think she gets an actual name I forget what it is at the moment um, she's the one that sort of directs you out of the out of the shelters, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And she starts telling you like, oh, "Okay, we need to get through like the there's two walls essentially out surrounding the city. You need to get through both of them. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be essentially like big dungeons. Um, and so you gotta get to the point where you approach the first one and you kind of bounce out after you see a big uh, uh big boss enemy showing up." Mm. Uh, that kind of thing. And so you kind of regroup and that's where you kind of start having the day-to-day stuff for the time. Like, Oh, you got five days to get through this dungeon, but you can uh, spend your daytime doing uh, whatever, which whatever is 
talking to either of the two people in your party, mm -hmm. uh, Yuna and your buddy Chani, uh, who does not have powers initially, but eventually gets powers, uh, much to his, uh, as a blow to his ego, is to support you. Mm -hmm. um, there's like support powers to make you more powerful, or whatever. I haven't played too much with him as uh, uh, a support person. Mm. but uh, you can kind of hang out with them and they'll boost stats uh, with either one, just different stats, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, or you can go out and start working on the, the dungeon uh, kind of thing and probably have more time to hang out afterwards if you get through it quickly. But yeah, that's kind of the, kind of where that's at. Like the, the central thing is you're hanging out on this train mm -hmm. and dealing with that whole thing uh, and kind of, you know, managing your days kind of stuff that's where the persona part of it yeah. comes into it and as well as relationship stuff as uh i've got i think they show four people that you get into relationship stuff with mm -hmm. uh where stats kind of show into that stuff as you pick uh dialogue choices if you pick the right ones you get bonuses to stats uh to those points for different things like confidence and uh other i forget what the other ones are uh, that stuff starts filling up, uh, but also you have for each of the characters like random moments that happen. Like uh, the one I uh, saw when I played, it was like, "Oh, Yuna needs to go to the uh, the store because she is out of pads," yeah. kind of thing. And you're kind of running around clicking on all the uh, the little glowy spots that are like points of potential things you can pick up, and trying to find the one that is for pads and get that done in the, the yeah. set amount of time. I don't know what you get if you fail, but that's kind of that. Um, so yeah, there's like a, a lot of stuff here and it's, it's a, it's a game where maybe the presentation, the, the, the UI, the menu stuff is not super great. Mm -hmm. um, but it made more sense when I looked up the, the developer and realized it's kind of basically a one person studio. Yeah. Uh, it's one of full-time employees. They describe it on their site. Uh, they've hired a few other people to work on their next game uh, for that. Um, but yeah, this is probably a pretty small yeah. team here of uh, at least one full-time. And I assume some, assume some contractors, part-timers that helped with other things. But yeah, it's it's pretty impressive for that stuff because mm -hmm. uh, it's fairly featured uh, with that stuff, but uh, yeah, the trophy seem to suggest like things like, oh, you stay with one partner the entire time, or I guess you can do the persona thing and have essentially a harem uh, with all of them. Uh, but yeah, the the trophies have like one for sticking with one partner, uh, you know, others for maxing out each of the the four girls, that kind of stuff. So. It seems like a game if you're going to go for the Platinum, you're going to have to spend a lot of time with it. I don't know how long the the game is, but hopefully not too long. Maybe 10, 20 hours would be pretty good yeah. uh, for this, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the other game, F-099, this got announced yeah. on Nintendo Direct and is sort of their first um, Battle Royale game in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, they did the Pac-Man Battle Royale that just did not do very well. Yeah. Uh, and then they did the Super Mario 35 that uh, also didn't do great. It was fine for what it was, but it wasn't anything amazing, really. But uh, this one works out really well because uh, essentially 
the F-Zero tracks are pretty small. Uh, they have, I think, eight in there. Mm-hmm. I think they have variants. Uh, right now I have just the ones that all say one at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I assume you rank up, you'll probably get to eventually the twos and threes or whatever. I don't know how many they would have, but uh, much like Tetris 99, you have uh, sort of uh, special events that show up. You have the the basic thing where it loads you in with 98 other people. Mm. Uh, you pick one of four vehicles that are in the game right now. Um, they have their stats for that stuff. But as you play one of them uh, enough, you start unlocking cosmetics for it. Uh, there's colors of ship. There's decals, which changes with the color of the ship. So it's worth it to kind of go uh, and, you know, go through all the different colors, see what combos look nice for you. Um, you get boost colors as well mm-hmm. uh, for that. And then you have your game card, which has the backgrounds, the icons, and the, uh, there's like one more, th- or it might be just those two. Um, no, there's a, uh, borders avatar borders like the border of the card mm-hmm. is another thing and those all have different uh objectives to do a lot of it's like you know do this you know play 10 races with one driver play 25 you know 50 99 that kind of stuff uh some for getting ko's because you have the ability to spin that does damage to other cars as well as you can just bump into them mm-hmm. uh, and so your power plays into that because your power allows you to boost but also as you bump into other enemies, uh, other drivers, you know, you take damage off of that stuff mm-hmm. because there's 99 drivers. Uh, that's a lot of bumping. Uh, so you kind of want to manage your boost as best you can. Uh, you have the uh, the power pads you can drive over uh, once per lap to refill, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, when you bump into other uh, drivers, this thing that bounces off is a uh, are little beads of super boost. Uh, so that falls behind. So other drivers behind you kind of get that. And if you fill that up, it kind of boosts you up to a secondary track that lets you get around all the bullshit below mm-hmm. uh, and kind of has little boost pads on there as well. So you can kind of uh, get around a little more easily and kind of skip chunks of the track as far as dealing with other drivers, really. Uh, though you have some up on there, uh, but not too many usually from what I've seen. So uh, they do have these like bumper vehicles that show up uh, that are more fodder for, you know, bumping them into other enemies uh, uh, or doing damage to themselves. That's where you can get some KOs from, from those things. There's gray ones, there's red ones, which I believe are players uh, that after you crash out, you can take over one of those and just try and bump into enemies. Uh, people on the the track. Uh, And I think eventually once your time runs out, you can kind of explode, Uh, but you can do that beforehand as well to try to take out other drivers, uh, that kind of stuff. So it gives you like a little extra thing to do uh, for that. So that's a pretty cool uh, extra mechanic to it. And so, yeah, with each lap, they, they take out the the last five drivers, uh, which for the 99 mode is not a big deal unless you just really fail or crash out. Uh, so that kind of stuff is not too bad, but it's really plays into the uh, the big mode, the Grand Prix, which happens 
for this weekend, at least it's happening constantly as they cycle through that stuff. Uh, you need tickets for that, which as you finish races, you get uh, points for that. And if you fill up your bar, uh, you get a ticket out of that. So you're just kind of trying to keep playing the main mode, bank up these tickets, and then go into the Grand Prix, which puts you through five of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, the first track, uh, they you know they kick out the last five people with each lap. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be in the top 80 to survive to the next track, then top 60, top 40, and then top 20 finishes on the final uh, track. And then that's uh, a more reasonable thing. But the Grand Prix they got going right now goes to this one track that I would describe as being like the uh, the Bowser's Castle Super Mario Kart track, where it's just all right angle turns kind of stuff. Nothing smooth. It's a lot of uh, really hard turns and just kind of constant chaos as they have throw a lot of bumper cars into there as well. And so you're kind of uh, trying to do your best, but at that point you've done pretty well. Uh, I've gotten to the the final round once, finished in eleventh because uh, only twelve cars uh, survived that whole thing. They don't uh, eliminate cars at the after each lap. Uh, it's just however you finish mm. there. So eight managed to crash out because it's such tight corners. It's really easy to bounce, you know, between the 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 sides a lot. So. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very chaotic but fun kind of racing battle royale game mm-hmm. that works out really well. So if you have Nintendo Switch Online, definitely definitely worth checking that one out. Uh, especially the the start of each race is pretty cool, as instead of starting you on the grid, uh, they start you like far back on this other part of the the map where essentially you are. It's like the it's like the beginning of a lot of like uh, most extreme elimination challenge maps. You know the mm-hmm. the one where they are running through the doors. Yeah, uh, it's like that, but you know, just F Zero style, where you're uh, going through these uh, little obstacles of the uh, the little jump pads and the boost pads, that kind of stuff, as you're trying to uh, get onto the track first, uh, so you kind of get an advantage over the the other people. But also, this is an opportunity for you to get some of that super boost. So uh, it's a really fun game. Definitely worth checking out okay. if you have Nintendo switch online uh, for that. So they got a lot of stuff to unlock there. And I imagine they'll add more cars and uh, have some other stuff in there uh, over time. Yeah. Uh, no paid stuff just yet. So I don't know what else they would add. Uh, but yeah, there you go. F zero nine nine worth checking out. And uh Starfield's last game I've been playing. Uh, Pushing more into that, I now have Baird as a party member on my ship. Uh, he's the essentially the guy you first meet as you get out of the mine. Who's like, oh, you saw something with this artifact? All right, take my ship and go to the constellation and show them what's up, kind of thing. And he gets into trouble after you leave, so you're basically going to save him. And yeah, I went and saved him. Uh, weirdly enough, that mission. Uh, went not how I was expecting because I got to the the camp where the the pirates were that had him uh, hostage, mm-hmm. and basically everybody in the camp was uh, extremely hostile. So I killed everybody and took all their shit, mm-hmm. and then went down to uh, the place where he was at, and the dudes are just chilling, uh, talking to him and all that. And I just managed to persuade them to give him back to me instead of 
you know, getting money or anything like that or fighting. Mm. And so I was able to just pick up every loose thing in that room because it it was probably designed for you to get into a fight or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nothing had like the, oh, this will be considered theft and you'll aggro everybody if you steal this thing. There's nothing there like that. So I just took a bunch of weapons and ammo and gear and such. So mm-hmm. that was a little weird, but I did that. And then I went back and uh, basically uh, added another cargo spot to my ship because I realized I had another spot I could add something to it. So I added some more cargo, so I had some more room for shit. And mm-hmm. I'm basically at the point where I can go and kind of clear out a lot of uh, of the uh, merchants near where the, the ship docks in New Atlantis because mm-hmm. uh, I have a bunch of miscellaneous crap and I sell off all my duplicate stuff. So uh, that's a, a weird thing where I'm basically waiting for some of these things to, uh, you know, ref- refill with money mm. so I can sell them some stuff or else I have to go way deeper into new Atlantis to find merchants that I can sell stuff to, uh, which is annoying, but either way going pretty well with that, but it's still, you know, it's still Starfield. It's not anything amazing there, but it's all enough for what it is. So that's been what I've been doing. So Brandon, what have you been doing? Uh, I am still playing, um, Baldur's Gate 3, I am now in Act 3, which means I am actually in Baldur's Gate itself. Uh, which is funny, because, you know, considering the game itself is called Baldur's Gate, you would think, oh, the game takes place in Baldur's Gate. No, uh, you don't get to Baldur's Gate until the last third of the game. The only difference is that, in this case, Act 3 is basically the size of both Act 1 and Act 2 combined. Because um, you've basically got the entire city and it's immediate outskirts available to you. Um, but, yeah, at this point in the game, um, there's been a lot of sort of reveals. We've sort of figured out, out like what the absolute actually is, because pretty much through this whole point in the game, you've been having to deal with these guys in, called the Cult of the Absolute and their weird deity that they supposedly worship, trying to figure out who the hell the Absolute actually is and why all of these people are just unbelievably devoted to them. Um, and then you find out why, uh, and it kind of brings back everything that, you know, the game has been leading up to this point. Like, uh, the whole thing with, like, the mind flayers and everything, turns out it's not a fluke, it's directly related to the Absolute. Um, we also find out who the Dream Guardian is, which, in, you know, I, I know Chris can back me up on this, because he's, he's still kind of early in the game, but he has already gone through this part. When you're starting the game and you're creating your character, the game also asks you to play a, to create a guardian for you. Uh, And this guardian figure is someone that you keep seeing show up in your dreams, basically, when, you know, you and the other characters go to camp to rest for a day or whatever. Um, And they end up being connected to, well, I won't spoil that part, but... Um, so you have that, um, and you've also sort of gotten some more information on, like, the, the whole thing with the Githyanki. So the Githyanki, uh, one of the main things about them is that they're basically dedicated entirely to wiping out the Mind Flayers completely. Um, and they're currently led by, uh, Vladek, who's their, their... Uh, demigod queen, sometimes called the Lich Queen. Uh, and then we found out a little something about uh, the past 
of the Githyanki, specifically their foundation of their whole civilization, that kind of brings Vladik's whole story into question. Um, and all of this ultimately leads to uh, you going into Baldur's Gate. And if you've played the first two Baldur's Gate games, you probably may remember uh, hearing something about the Dead Three, which are these three uh, gods who were originally adventurers that made a deal with an infernal lord that gave them their godhood, wherein they were given the three sort of aspects, or as in the in the in the Forgotten Realms universe, they're called portfolios uh, that are related to the god of death. Um, one of them is Bane, the god of tyranny. The other is Baal, who's the god the goddess of murder. Um, and the other is I'm trying to remember. I'm I'm having I'm kind of um, blanking on it, but they're the god of the void. And at for some reason, these their three of their current champions have, for whatever reason, have decided to unite and combine their powers for some particular reason. And in in Baldur's Gate two, the at the very end of like the the like their the big expansion of that, which is Throne of Ball, um, you actually fought Ball themselves, and apparently they've got a new champion now, and they've decided to team up with some of the other dead death gods, um, and basically you're going into Baldur's Gate to try and stave off this invasion by. The, that's led by the Absolute. But in the meantime, because it's Baldur's Gate, that means there's a lot of shit going on into it, and one of the things that's happened is that uh, Lord Gortash, who's the uh, currently the champion of Bane, the God of Tyranny, is he's basically taken over the whole city and turned it into a police state. Um, and not just any kind of police state, but a corrupt, kleptocratic police state. Uh, so in order to actually enter the city proper, you have to go through this checkpoint on this bridge, uh, which you can totally fail very easily. So if you want to just skip it entirely, there's like a whole area, there's like a whole pathway to the side that you can go to. It requires some climbing and some careful jumping, but it can be done and you can completely just sidetrack that entire area. But uh, yeah, um, God, the game still manages to impress me. I will say though, uh, people did kind of warn me up to this point that uh, the uh, Act 3 is a little buggy, and I can definitely see some of it. Like, they've put out a bunch of patches since then, and they've fixed most of it, but there are still, like, some animation glitches you can totally see where, like, um, I, I can't really explain it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely visible. It's not such a big deal that it ruins the experience, but you can definitely see it. Um, there was also this weird thing that happened where I walked into like this restaurant and opened up their basement door and all of a sudden like 10 or 20 people suddenly just walk out of it for no reason um but yeah other than that yeah that's uh what I'm still doing I'm still playing that um I also went ahead and bought the Bowders Gate 1 and 2 enhanced editions which come with all the you know the expansion stuff so I'm gonna be enjoying a little bit of that on the side but yeah that's what I've been doing all right, so yeah, let's get to some news here. Yep. Uh, it is a new month or middle of the month for PlayStation Plus. We've got their mm-hmm. game catalog of new stuff coming to the service here as mm-hmm. of, uh, what was it? It'd be the, the 19th. Yeah. A uh, bunch of stuff here. 
They specifically mm-hmm. seem to target a bunch of games I either bought and hadn't played yet, mm-hmm. or uh, games I was going to buy in the near oh. future. Uh, so there's near replicant version one two one point two two. Don't 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 yeah. do that. It's 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 the it's the it's the re, it's basically the remaster of near. <laughs> yeah, the uh, near replicants. Um, I forget which one that is. is. That the Xbox one or is that the PlayStation one? I think the PlayStation. It's the one. Xbox. It's the Xbox one. Okay. Well, the- I, I, no, no, it is the PlayStation one because it came out on PlayStation in Japan. The Xbox one had like a. Had a uh, they, like a dad figure that was that was the main yeah, character instead of the older brother figure. Yeah, that it wasn't the original. Yeah, so there you go. That's one. That's one I bought uh, for like thirty bucks and haven't started yeah. yet. So they also, the other thing about it is they created like a whole new sort of uh, different kind of ending for it, where you can uh, play as Kaine that ties into ties the game world more directly into Near Automata. Yeah, yeah, and they do a lot of gameplay tweaks to make it. Yeah, better. the combat in general is just a lot better. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's one that's worth checking out. That is uh, only for the PS4, so mm-hmm. no upgrades there. Uh, Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim mm-hmm. uh, is a visual novel slash uh, like real time strategy game kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, a neat game. I've played a few hours of that. That's pretty yeah, cool. It is legitimately amazing. Yeah. I mean, be prepared for a lot of reading, but it's a great game. Like, a, a genuinely amazing piece of work. Yeah, I think they're smart with that one. That's a lot of voice acting. You can have it auto-go yep. through things. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that uh, Eternites needs, but doesn't have. Definitely. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to have a lot of voice acting, let it just auto-advance. Mm-hmm. Which is probably easier said than done, but yeah, there you go. Uh, also for PS4, Sid Meier's Civilization VI. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, more Civ. It's a really good game. I have yeah. the, I got the Platinum Edition, whatever it was, which recently they just released uh, another big piece of DLC where if you had the Platinum Edition, it was free. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you'd have to buy the, the Platinum Pass or whatever it is mm. uh, to it to get that stuff. It was more, more uh, leaders for it mm-hmm. so uh yeah that's a that's a really good game one of those mm-hmm. so there you go you can check that one out mm-hmm. uh then the first of their star ocean games being added this is star ocean divine force this is the newest mm-hmm. one that is sort of open world-ish uh yeah ps4 ps5 yeah this is the one that kind of lets you kind of have a little bit of like breath of the wild uh style mm-hmm. reversal mechanics to it, but yeah, this one I've heard decent things about, mm. uh, which is probably what you can say about most of the Star Ocean games. Yeah, pretty They're much decent. Uh, there's a few that are better than that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of those series like a uh, Suikoden where it's like, oh, the first two are great, the rest are like, eh, depending on the person, am I like it more or not? So, mm-hmm. uh, also for PS5, PS4, Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, another one of these sniper games. Uh, trying to see if there's anything else here. No, uh, I thought this might be the open world one, but no. Mm. Uh, but yeah, back to Vanillaware, Odin Sphere, Life, Life Thracer. Yeah. Uh, for PS4, that's the uh, remastered, enhanced Odin Sphere. That with a little well. bit of that. Yeah, with some extra content added as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, that game is legitimately amazing. 
Yeah. It's also hard as balls sometimes. So yeah. uh, do not be uh, surprised if you think going to the second slash that this is just going to be a, a run, just going to be a walk in the park. No, it is not. Yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, for PS5 and PS4 unpacking, mm-hmm. uh, this is a very cool game. It's kind of one of those uh, chill games uh, where you're essentially uh, going through a girl's life uh, from mm-hmm. childhood to adulthood and uh, kind of unpacking her boxes as she mm-hmm. moves into new uh, new places and kind of getting the, the story of what uh, is going on with her uh, mm-hmm. throughout as you're doing this. And there's some puzzle stuff in here and a lot of the trophies and achievements are based on like trying out different things uh, and doing some weird stuff you might not think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those games you can play through in a few hours. Mm-hmm. Nothing really too uh, time intensive there, so that one's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, yeah, uh, back to some more Simish stuff. Planet Coaster mm-hmm. Console Edition mm-hmm. for PS5 and PS4. This is uh, a big theme park creator uh, with lots of uh, uh, cool stuff to put in there, so you can kind of get that. Go on if you're into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. In sort of the opposite vibes, this War of Mine Final Cut for the PS5. Yeah. <laughs> this War of Mine is kind of based on the uh, the the Bosnian War. Specifically the Siege of Sarajevo. Yeah. Which lasted uh, a lot, about, about a year. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're uh, sort of managing uh, a couple of civilians that are hold up in a house and you can kind of uh, at night, maybe send them out to raid for supplies, that kind of stuff, deal with Mm -hmm. people in weird situations that show up that are uh, not very uplifting or anything. Now, if you played Frostpunk, then you kind of know what to expect. It's, it's, it's a very dour bleak game, but it is, it is engaging as all hell. Yeah. So yeah, there you go for that. Uh, for PS4, Cloudpunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh, yeah, a little bit of a open worldish kind of you know uh, cyberpunk kind of game where you're able to yeah they call it a neon noir story in a rain drenched cyberpunk metropolis. Uh, you're kind of driving around uh, yeah like a, a semi legal delivery company, so you're driving a a vehicle to deliver stuff to people. Uh, and doing that, and you kind of uh, pick up a story through there. Mm-hmm. It has kind of a neat little maybe PS1-esque kind of a, uh, art style to it that mm. looks really neat. So that's one you can check out. Mm. Uh, also for PS4, Contra Rogue Core. This is the most recent Contra game that they have put out that was kind of a dual-stick shooter kind of thing that not many people liked. Mm. Um, but you can check it out now with having give them money to uh, buy it. So there you go. Uh, Let's see. PS5 and PS4, Tales Noir, Mm -hmm. uh, a post-noir narrative adventure uh, featuring a raccoon private eye, Howard Loader, Mm -hmm. explore dystopian Vancouver inhabited by animals as you uncover a deeply personal Mm -hmm. story of change and transformation. So yeah, like it's all anthropomorphic animals Mm -hmm. uh, for characters. So uh, you get a lot of that kind of stuff there. So, that's one you can check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for PS5 and PS4, Call of the Sea. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of a, a story-driven adventure game mm-hmm. uh, with some puzzle stuff to it. As you're, let's see, it's 1934 in the far reaches of the South Pacific. Nora has crossed the ocean following the trail of her missing brother's expedition and finds herself on a lush island paradise. And you're sort of exploring and trying to pick up the clues left behind uh, by your missing husband's expedition and sort of figure out what happened and all that. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see, West Up Dead for the PS4. Uh, this is yeah, side-scrolling uh, shooter, uh, dual-stick controls, tactical cover. Yeah, uh, one of those kind of neat, striking, art-style kind of games. So that's one you can check out. Uh, also for PS4, uh, I think this was the PS3, PS4, Star Ocean, Integrity and Faithlessness. Uh, the weird name, uh, the one with the most weird name there. Uh, yeah, so when they were trying to return to the to the series and then made a game that I don't think many people liked at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's one there you can check out if you want, see for yourself. And uh, also for PS4 and PS5, last one here on the extra tier, uh, Paw Patrol, the movie Adventure City Calls. Uh, so the game based on the movie or the last movie, I don't know which one mm. this is. Um, but yeah, you can have uh, some fun there with uh, kids and whatnot. So yeah, it's mm. a 3D platformer. So, And uh, for the classics, they don't have any PS1 or PSP games in here. Mm. Uh, just some remasters for uh, the PS4 here. Uh, Star Ocean First Departure R. Mm. Uh, this is the PSP remake of the PS1. Uh, Super Nintendo classic there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this one's a good uh, sort of uh, reimagining of the first game. So there's that. There's Star Ocean Till the End of Time for the PS4. Mm-hmm. That's the PS2 first game, the third game in the series. Mm-hmm. That one's also well regarded, I believe. And then Star Ocean The Last Hope. Uh, that is the fourth title, I think also PS2. Uh, so that's uh, another remaster there you can check out. And then Dragon's Crown Pro for some more Vanillaware mm. action there. And that's very much a uh, a you know a hack and slash RPG game there uh, with uh, very busty women. Seems mm. to be the focus of the art style there is to make sure all the women that aren't like little girls have uh, plenty of cleavage there for you. Yeah. Uh, makes it just a weird game to play in that sense. <sighs> yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, that game's really good. Great art mm-hmm. style and all that. So that's the uh, that's the whole thing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, some a lot of good stuff. A lot of uh, under the radar kind of RPG stuff that a lot of people probably haven't checked out. So uh, that's a a good selection there. Mm-hmm. Also happening for PlayStation is a new firmware update for the PS5. Mm-hmm. that has a, a bunch of new stuff, but also they have new things even on top of what people mm-hmm. uh, were testing out in the beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added yeah, uh, PlayStation Remote Play support on additional Android devices. Uh, I believe this, let's see, yeah, devices running Android TV OS 12, mm-hmm. uh, which includes Chromecasts that have the, yeah, the 4K support. And the Bravia XR A95L model. So you essentially be able to stream games to your t- TV mm-hmm. directly. So, yeah, that's uh, neat. 
there. Um, they also have new voice command options for the U.S. and U.K. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that stuff out, as well as the PlayStation app uh, is getting some new updates here. Uh, yeah, just like the PS5 console update. Uh, you'll be able to react to messages with emojis and see a preview of someone's share screen before joining the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. But the, the bigger stuff that's in here, uh, they have more accessibility features like being able to use a second controller in conjunction with the first. So uh, you could have somebody that's maybe not good at a game or a kid or something uh, play, and then you have a second controller to help them out whenever without having to pass the controller around, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, so that's neat. Uh, system UI haptic feedback. So you can have the the controller rumble as you're moving around on the uh, on the the fur, you know the the dashboard and all that. And I believe along with that, they've added a bunch of uh, new sound effects that people are discovering mm-hmm. as well, because uh, they need sound effects to go with the uh, the rumble stuff. So there's that. There's 3D audio. Uh, for people with Dolby Atmos setups uh, that can be used with the Tempest 3D stuff. So make a little more seamless there. Uh, so you have some party update stuff for making that a little bit better. Uh, you can search for games in your library. Uh, more game help improvements. Let's see. Uh, yeah, you can mute the PS5 beep sound when you turn it on. Uh, as well as has different volumes for that as well. So you can make it a little quieter or just turn it off uh, as well as uh, support for a maximum capacity of eight terabytes for the M2 SSDs, which you probably don't want to get those right now because those are very expensive. They're brand new uh, at the moment. So, uh, but the two and four terabytes are dropping pretty quickly. So uh, if you need storage space for that stuff, that is a, going to be there uh, on the cheap this holiday so that's one to check out uh let's see next up we got some demo news mm-hmm. uh, we got two demos that are out now of note disgaea 7 vows of the virtuous yep uh ps5 ps4 switch star mm-hmm. ocean the second story r uh, mm. for ps5 ps4 switch and pc mm. uh, i believe Both will transfer over the save data to the final game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Star Ocean one had uh, in the description like a bunch of uh, things to note of, you know, limitations. I think it's like a three-hour limit. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get to the the end of it, uh, you can't just sit there and grind out XP, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, as well as it's transferring over and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, check out some of the the bigger RPGs coming out this fall. Mm-hmm. Here from uh, Square Enix and uh, Nisa. So mm-hmm. there you go. And uh, let's see, Mario Kart Tour essentially is done uh, as of October fourth. Uh, the devs have announced in the app that they are uh, getting their last content update on October fourth, and. Uh, the future seasons of that game, uh, or they call them tours, uh, will be essentially cycling through previous tours. So mm-hmm. uh, the content you're going to be able to get from that uh, for the future is kind of just cyclical. They're mm-hmm. going to keep up, keep the servers up for the foreseeable future, but uh, you're not going to really get anything else new to that game. Mm. 
uh, which goes along well with the, the the stuff that they announced for the booster course pass on uh, the direct. So mm. that essentially is them pulling like the last of the content from Mario Kart Tour that they could uh, bring over. So there you go for that. Mm. Uh, let's get to uh, some more news here. Uh, the Stig Asmussen, mm-hmm. the uh, director of these two Star Wars Jedi games, yeah, has left uh, Respawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also the guy that directed God of War 3 mm. uh, and tried to work on some other stuff, I believe, but uh, these are sort of the, the last three big games he's worked on and uh, three great games to work on, uh, but it seems like he is ready for uh, working on something new mm. uh, as he has uh, yeah, put out a uh, this is EA's statement. After careful thought and consideration, Stig Asmussen has decided to leave Respawn to pursue other adventures, and we wish him the best of luck. Mm. Veteran Respawn leaders will be stepping up to guide the team as they continue their work on Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah, because they just put out a big update for that in the past few weeks to increase the uh, performance of that game quite a bit mm-hmm. on all platforms, so that's good. Um. But yeah, sad to see him go from there, but I'm sure he's going to be doing something cool. Oh, yeah. He's a, he he kind of knocked it out of the park with those two games. Like, they have their issues, but they single-handedly, like, broke the Star Wars game curse. Yeah. And, like, brought some some new life to the, the Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, gaming franchise, because there was not a ton of it uh, over mm-hmm. the years. There's not many games that really feel like they have uh, uh, a vision to them uh, mm. that's consistent with Star Wars, but also unique to it. Uh, you tend to get either just fairly bland action games or, you know, clones of anything else that's out there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, car combat games to cart uh, racing games to, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff, you know. Battlefield mm-hmm. clones and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, some really cool games. So looking forward to see what he does next, mm-hmm. where he pops up. Uh, so yeah, there's that. There's Ubisoft news that Ubisoft's new upcoming free-to-play shooter, X Defiant, has mm-hmm. been delayed after uh, failing console certification on Xbox and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh. A game that the developers have been very open with everything that's going on with that game, with the development, mm-hmm. uh, which has been pretty long coming because it was originally a Tom Clancy's game when it was announced yeah. a few years ago mm-hmm. and has sort of gone through some uh, rough developments mm-hmm. uh, to the point they took off the Tom Clancy's name to kind of make it its own thing. Yep. And put out a beta earlier this summer and... Mm-hmm. That seemed to go pretty well for people. So people were yeah. excited for this. They're hoping to get it out mm-hmm. maybe this month. Uh, but they posted a new blog post on the game site, essentially saying that it failed mm. console cert on PlayStation and Xbox, which doesn't mean it's uh, a sign of the quality of the game. It's more a lot of the, uh, essentially it's the, the requirements that uh, Sony and Microsoft have for making games for their platforms, you know, mm-hmm. making sure the achievements and trophies unlock correctly, that, you know, it works with the the various network uh, features that those systems have and 
make sure they show you know the correct buttons uh, on the menus and all that. Uh, a lot of a lot of boilerplate stuff that you know uh, from what I've seen from a lot of devs saying like it's pretty hard to pass those on your first try. Mm-hmm. Who knows if this is their first try or not? But they were seem to uh, hope this will get through. But yeah, failed uh, on that. They didn't specify for what exactly, but uh seems like they're going to keep working on it to get it back through cert when they can and uh, hopefully get it out here in the next month or two mm-hmm. uh, at some point. But yeah, kind of uh, surprising to see this be a thing uh, that developers talk about because these are typically very NDA'd mm-hmm. uh, kind of processes and obviously they don't really go into any details other than that they just failed it. So uh, so they have more uh, work to do, but nothing mm-hmm. that I think they're probably too surprised by. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh that's uh the one Ubisoft game people are excited about this year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, but their first big free to play game in a while that people have been excited about because it's mm-hmm. kind of taking it in the kind of Call of Duty. Road, but maybe going the more hardcore route uh, versus the way that Call of Duty games tend to be. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there you go. That's a yeah. interesting story there. Uh, next okay. up here, yeah, back to some more bad times with EA. Yeah, uh, the studio behind Immortals of Avium mm-hmm. has laid off about half of its staff after the game just did not do very well at launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it launched on August 22nd, sort of in the middle of a bunch of other stuff releasing. Uh, you had your Madden, I think, right after it was Armored Core 6, uh, oh. a bunch of indie stuff, uh, all that. And it seems like it has not done very well. Yeah. So much so that they have laid off about half of their staff, about 40 people, I think it says here. Yeah, they laid off about 45% of the studio staff. Oh. Uh Sad news. Uh, hopefully those people can find new jobs. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what they could have really done with this game other than you know either delay it further mm-hmm. or maybe price it a little bit cheaper to make it uh, easier for people to jump into. Mm-hmm. Uh, try it out. But yeah, that's uh, uh, a shame there. So yeah, it's... Uh, Unfortunate, but yeah, kind of released at a bad time. This is part of the EA Originals, which means that this is not a studio that EA owns. Uh, They are publishing games, supporting it, helping with marketing and all that. Uh, But the developer has sort of funded it mostly themselves. And so, yeah, kind of uh, uh, not too surprised it hasn't done, you know, super well. Uh, Yeah, surprising that it sort of led to the layoffs so quickly within a month of its launch. Mm. Uh, but that must mean that those numbers are definitely not doing very well. So mm-hmm. there you go. Some unfortunate news. Yeah. Unfortunately, we got more unfortunate news. Yeah. Uh, Embracer Group still going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, shutting down Volition was not the end of it. Nope. And it seems like uh, through reporting from Reuters mm-hmm. that uh, Gearbox may be the next up to... Uh, be dealt with uh, potentially just for a sale <sighs> Yeah. Uh, to somebody else. Uh, they are a 
uh, publisher and developer. Uh, they've published a bunch of stuff, uh, though I mm-hmm. think under Embracer they probably haven't done as much of that stuff. Though Not they've really. only been they only got acquired within the past like year mm-hmm. or two here so not even really that much time to i don't really even do much other than embracer group failed on this two billion dollar deal has made them scramble for ways to free up money and it's like oh what if we sell uh gearbox software to somebody else Mm -hmm. that is uh not surprising they're not super valuable as a studio because the borderlands franchise is not uh, wholly owned by them. Nope. Uh, that is partially owned by 2K, mm-hmm. uh, Take Two, who, which is the reason why they're publishing all the games mm. uh, for that. So that might be the the partner that they sell to. Mm. That would make sense. Own the studio, making the the big bucks for them, uh, and kind of add to their portfolio studios, something mm. like that. But yeah, that could be uh, some potentially good news for Gearbox because. Uh, being part of uh, Embracer Group is not a not a great strategy at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, uh, the potential bad news, but no idea when this is going to happen. It seems like they're looking to do it in the near future, but that could be within a few months or so. Mm-hmm. As uh, people are speculating, like, oh, what about Microsoft? What about Sony? It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Unless they were to make a deal with uh, Take Two to buy the Borderlands property, from them mm-hmm. uh since you get the whole rights to that gearbox is not that uh that valuable mm-hmm. uh, embracer i think bought them up for like 1.4 billion something like that's uh, a lot of money uh potential money so uh that's a uh, i think they might not get uh equivalent value out of that so mm-hmm. there you go that's your embracer group news of the week mm-hmm uh, more bad news from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll get to uh, one of the biggest news of the week. Uh, yeah. A company that said, fuck everybody that uh, makes games with our engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unity announced a new fee for game installs. Mm. Uh, essentially, it was, I think, for uh, devs making between, I think, 200000 and a million Mm-hmm. In sale and two hundred thousand lifetime installs, up to a million lifetime installs, mm-hmm. uh, would be charged twenty cents per install, new install, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got downloading it and launching it mm-hmm. would count as an install because essentially they're calling it the runtime fee. Mm-hmm. Essentially, as you start the game, it somehow pings it back to Unity's secrets database somehow Mm -hmm. uh, and tracks this stuff uh, to which um, uh, they would count this as part of the, the installs and this created a huge fervor because 20 cents might not sound like much, but uh, for games that are making, you know, that much revenue and that many sales, Mm -hmm. uh, it can add up pretty quickly. Uh, for that stuff, but yeah, if you reach over a million in revenue and a million lifetime installs, uh, which will push you into Unity Pro and Unity Emp- Enterprise accounts, yeah, uh, that would lower it to somewhere between two cents and fifteen cents for every install past that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Unity Enterprise could be one to 
to twelve and a half cents, mm-hmm. uh, which, as you know, those are bigger, bigger games you're likely at with those yeah. points. Uh, but yeah, it created a lot of confusion over like, okay, what's an install? And early word was like, oh, if you download the game and start it and delete it and download it again and start up, that would count as two installs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also if you say start up a game on Xbox and then download and start up on PlayStation, that's two installs, even though it's the, the same, you know, IP location. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's on different devices, that counts as different installs. If you, and this all starts January 1st, 2024. If you, you know, bought the game and downloaded it and, didn't you know start it up until after that date it would count as a new install and then this is all retroactive so it's not just new purchases mm-hmm. as of that point uh and so all these questions and it's like okay what about demos and it's like they didn't seem to have a definite answer like demos didn't count mm-hmm. uh that they could tell the difference between you know full versions of the game and demo versions and it's like what about free to play games how does that work? What about games on uh, Game Pass and PlayStation Plus? Uh, what about games on the charity bundles in Humble Bundle and Itch.io and all this other stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, those kind of questions. And they said they, that those wouldn't count, but it's like, how do you... Because those are just codes that you get. It's mm-hmm. like, how would you tell those differently from... Uh, paid codes from, you know, mm. premium gaming or humble bundles, storefront, all that kind of stuff for buying them through Steam or PlayStation Store or Xbox or Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like lots of questions about how are you actually able to track all of this information and verify it and then say like, oh just trust us. We've got this figured out. And it's like how how do devs trust you? Uh, without being able to accurately audit any of this stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah, it just creates a whole whole shitstorm of uh, all week Unity being like trying to co- clarify things constantly, and so things change per uh, per day as they clarify new things and mm-hmm. uh, all that, but never get to the point of saying like all right, we see we've made a mistake. We're going to, you know, change things up, uh, anything like that. But Mm -hmm. uh, that happened like 30 minutes before we started. Uh, Unity put out a big statement. Uh, Let me see if I can grab it here. Uh, Yeah, we have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst. The runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday caused, which is like, they weren't confused about it uh, or no, (laughs) uh, you guys were very clear about what all this was. And people just said, no, fuck you. This is not how things should be done. Uh, We are listening, talking to our team members, community customers and partners, Mm. and we'll be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. This is, Sunday night announcing this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you didn't like make this on Friday night and give you a weekend to figure out what it's going to be and like start off this week coming up with uh you know some potential positivity. Mm-hmm. Instead they have essentially 
uh, caused a lot of developers to have to post statements being like, you know, essentially, fuck you, Unity. These new, this new policy is terrible and will hurt our financial you know, ability to make a living here. Uh, all this kind of stuff that is uh, pretty unprecedented. Essentially, like every developer that was on you know, Twitter and whatnot uh, was talking shit about this policy. Mm-hmm. And definitely would not stop because it seems like Unity's plan was to announce this, have people be angry for like a day or two, and then just forget about it and let it happen. And they definitely did not stop talking about it in a way that forced them to have to uh, do this, have to back, you know, go back on their plans here in a way that's like, all right, you've seriously damaged the trust that devs had in you Mm -hmm. uh, as much trust as they had even then. And now you're saying that you're going to fix things Mm -hmm. that uh, who knows what the fix is. It could essentially be, uh, minor tweaks to things, changing the the fees, and essentially having the same policy, but changing uh, the percentages to be lower. Mm-hmm. And if then that's maybe slightly better, but also you know they've essentially bragged that they can change the terms whenever they want. Even if you've essentially signed your deal with them under different terms, yeah. uh, which is not a great business strategy with this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, somebody Unreal essentially uh, posted about like, oh yeah, no, our uh, policy on this stuff essentially lets you accept the new terms if you want, or just continue on the terms you started working on under. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something that makes sense, where it's like, oh, you can keep going on the terms that you know you mm-hmm. agreed to, versus uh, being forced to accept this absolute terrible policy here. That has just made every developer uh, put out uh, statements, you know, JPEG statements on Twitter. Uh, but instead of it being, you know, apologies for making a terrible game that's really buggy, they're all just saying, yo, Unity, go fuck yourself. Oh. Uh, with like the the aggro crab team uh, being the, the first big one here, putting out a statement saying tonight, today Unity, the engine we used to make our games, announced that they'll soon be taking a fee from developers for every copy of the game installed over a certain threshold, regardless of how that copy was attained. Oh yeah, also like potentially like pirated versions of the game would also count somehow. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. You know, if you game shared where you know you have say two consoles mm-hmm. uh in your house, one to uh be the, the sort of master uh uh console for your lice your your profile, and the other one being the the one that just has to stay online. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the the sharing uh, uh, console; those would count as like two installs. Like a lot of a lot of uh, scenarios where it'd be reasonable to have these games, and mm-hmm. uh, that would count against these developers. And it's like, oh, what if what if people just created a campaign of just downloading a demo a bunch of times and trying to run a developer out of business? That kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Where it's like, there's a lot of very bad scenarios here with all this stuff, and yeah. Uh, especially because Arrow Crab was like, oh yeah, we're also coming to Game Pass in 2024. Yeah. Uh, along, along with us and you know many other developers. Yeah. Uh, so will we have to pay fees for, let's say if you know 20 million Game Pass people downloaded this game? That could put us out of business. 
and all that. And essentially, uh, in this lengthy statement, just putting at the end here, I fucking hate it here. Uh, dealing with all this bullshit, and a lot of other developers put out their own statements that very much uh, had to deal with uh, this potential news here. And yeah, that's uh, the mm-hmm. whole thing. And, and we'll point out here, this is not a an issue with the uh, the average person at Unity. A lot of them probably have shared with the the heads at the top, uh, Mark uh, Mark Witten and John Riccatello, mm-hmm. and the other execs there, sort of wanting to push this thing. And probably a lot of people telling like, no, this is a really stupid idea. If you want to burn your business to the ground, this is a good way to do that. But you know, if you guys want to sustain this business for as long as possible, which for Unity wasn't great on those prospects as they've had a lot of issues over the, the past couple of years mm. uh, with that stuff. So it seems like them trying to wring money out of people that absolutely do not have the money to be wrung out mm-hmm. here without going out of business, uh, especially as you know, their clarifications were like, Oh, this will only affect like 10% of our audience. 90% will be perfectly fine. And it's like 90% are like the very smallest developers and hobbyists. Mm. Uh, What you're going after are a lot of indie studios and, uh, you know, mid-tier studios that are working on games Mm -hmm. for Unity and that kind of stuff. And it's just a lot. And then people started going through the, the sort of formula they were posting Mm-hmm. Uh, example of how it worked and finding a good little stretch there of uh, a bar graph that was just black for if you are here, you will run out of business mm-hmm. uh, where you could potentially get charged uh, more than 100% of the money you make off of your game uh, just from Unity. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yep, that's all just incredibly terrible and a you know, just a a company just trying to wring out money that uh, they should not be wringing out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now they put out this weird statement that they are listening now, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took them, I think it was Tuesday this got posted, uh, the, the first part of it. And it's like, oh, it took you like five days to finally listen to people. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, we'll be seeing what the new version of the policy is. I'm sure developers are waiting for bated breath, but a lot of them have already decided, like, oh, we'll finish the thing we're working on. Yeah. But in the future, we're going somewhere else. Yeah. To Go.Engine or Unreal Engine or any of the other engines out there that mm-hmm. aren't trying to uh, take money Nickel from and dime us, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole shit show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uni's made sure they're the main character of the internet all week. Mm -hmm. And that's not a great place you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, you got anything to add, Brandon? No, you made it pretty clear. Um, It was a really stupid move on their part, and they basically alienated pretty much all their customer base. So, yeah, yeah, they're going to have to do some serious backpedaling if they want to recover. And the language you're using is not really a backpedal. It's like, we're going to make adjustments to find the sweet spot. Yeah. And people are going to be less tolerant to any slight changes they Mm -hmm. make. No, they just kind of made the problem worse. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's uh, 
that's going to be the end of the uh, the awful part of the show. Mm-hmm. We'll get to end here with uh, the Nintendo Direct and State of Play stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of work our way through this uh, quickly here. But uh, Nintendo Direct was supposed to feature uh, winter games. Though there's a handful here that are not winter games. Mm-hmm. Uh, which for the record, winter is essentially end of the year through maybe March if you're being generous. Mm-hmm. Um We'll get through this because the first game, Splatoon 3, uh, they talked about the the side order expansion uh, that is coming as part of the expansion pass that they dated for spring 2024. Mm-hmm. So already starting to get out of there with that stuff. But uh, that seems like a neat expansion. It's single player content. Uh, so like what they've done with uh, Splatoon 2, sort of adding some more yeah. single player content to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks a bit more roguelite-ish as you get new abilities and such to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering when they're going to like, give us like a legitimately like super story centric DLC, like they did with uh, Splatoon two, because they put out one that basically uh, it, well, I mean, it directly tied into what we got with Splatoon with Splatoon three. So I'm guessing that's, that's uh, coming. I don't know. This might be, the end of the expansion pass content. Maybe they'll add more because it's yeah. done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Maybe deserve more content, but mm-hmm. we'll see on that front. But yeah, that's uh, that's some neat looking stuff there, especially because you get to get more of the uh, the two ladies that mm-hmm. are sort of the MCs of the multiplayer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearl and I forget what the other other one's name is, uh, but they're sort of the uh, big story part of this. Stuff so there you go. Uh, next up here, Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah, uh, essentially, I don't know if this is an exact remake of the original Game Boy game or Game Boy Advance game. No, I think it's more of like they're restarting the whole uh franchise up again. Yeah, with a probably a lot of similar stuff, but uh, some new stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those were kind of uh puzzle platformers. Mm-hmm. Essentially, with uh, you know Mario versus Donkey Kong for the first time since Donkey Kong, uh, but yeah, this time instead of going up, you know, mm-hmm. four pretty basic stages that Donkey Kong had, mm-hmm. uh, these are more devious kind of puzzle uh, challenges to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time, yeah, it features the mini Mario's, which were the the second Donkey Kong or Mario versus Donkey Kong game, I believe. Uh, or one of the the spinoffs they did on like the the 3ds and Wii U maybe mm-hmm. uh, something like that the little little toy mini Mario's kind of thing so mm-hmm. um, but yeah it looks like they have uh, a bunch of interesting kind of platforming uh, pieces to it you know you have the ropes from Donkey Kong games and uh, uh, a lot of buttons and keys and all that kind of stuff that you're collecting you can also play in co-op. Uh, you kind of split up the re- responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can complete everything solo as well, so you can kind of do it however you want mm. as you go. So that looks neat. That is a February 16th game. Mm-hmm. As we're looking at dates here, February is filling up for next year. Yeah. Because uh, that has Persona 3 Reload, I think, is the, the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. As well as that... Uh, I forget what the other game is. The the other RPG, um, I'll think of it later. But uh, yeah, there's another one that's coming out 
I think the first mm-hmm. of February, but yeah, this one's uh, the sixteenth, so mm-hmm. you'll be able to check that out. I'm curious if that's like a sixty dollar game or if they're gonna go a little cheaper on that because it seems like that should be cheaper, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, uh, the first of their uh, releasing that day games, Horizon Chase Turbo or Horizon Chase Two, mm-hmm. is out on Switch and PC. Uh, that day, I th- I'm not sure what the the price is on that. Uh, this seems to be an Epic Games publishing title, as uh, I think they bought the developers. Uh, so it's only on the Epic Games Store on PC, as well as the eShop on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, more of that, uh, which the first game was a great game, uh, very much in the in the vein of the... Uh, the sort of uh, Super Nintendo era of arcade racing games, yeah. uh, your outruns and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, to it. So, yeah, that looks neat. Uh, I'd probably prefer to play it on PlayStation, but uh, I can wait for that. That seems like that'll happen at some point mm-hmm. for that. But they do have cross-play between uh, Switch and PC, so you don't have to worry if you pick the wrong platform as far as audience is concerned. So. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, next up here, Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, the first of the Konami games mm-hmm. announced here. Is they are fine. They're seemingly working on like dozens of games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is coming to everything: PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. As you can tell, it's a rhythm game, uh, but based on a lot of music from Konami games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, four of the the thirty plus tracks that are in the game. Uh, they announced four that were from Beatmania, Gradius, Castlevania. Uh, yeah, Castlevania, two of them from Castlevania. Uh, Smooch from Beatmania, Gradius Remix from Gradius, Bloody Tears and Vampire Killer from the Castlevania games. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be essentially Capcom's version of the... Uh, was it the... Oh, I forget the, the Bandai Namco one that's uh, Tycho drum so yeah uh but they're using more beat mania style uh mm-hmm. mechanics here which makes sense because that is konami owned yeah uh so yeah there you go that'll be out november 14th so right in the middle of all the the holiday stuff so oh don't expect yeah. that game to do well at all no <laughs> uh, i don't know why they would put it out then yeah they should put it out in december yeah there's a little less a little more room in the the konami people can maybe have a little more money by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, they announced a Spy Family game, Spy uh, Anya, mm-hmm. Operation Memories. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Switch and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a life sim of sorts set in that uh, franchise. It'll be out next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play as the the girl in the family, Anya Forger, mm-hmm. as a new sign- assignment from school, creating a photo diary. So you're just chilling and having fun, taking pictures, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that seems neat. Mm-hmm. I haven't checked out the anime, but it, that anime is supposed to be really popular. So yep. uh, that seems like a, a solid game to pick there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a little bit uh, more to know about the Super Mario RPG game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed off uh, a couple of gameplay improvements here. Yeah, uh, mainly at the the time button presses on your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do it at the right time for like the the ultimate attack, uh, it'll damage everybody. Yeah, and not just the one you're targeting. So mm-hmm. I assume that's some sort of uh, difficulty balance there. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, also your successful action commands will fill an action gauge that will give you a three-character triple move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that changes based on who is in your party. So yeah, I encourage you to try out different combos as well as uh, you'll be able to fight bosses later on in the game, maybe after the game's done Yeah, uh, as a, another challenge thing. So if you need more challenge, there you go. Yeah. Which is interesting because that brings up the question: Like, is there going to be like some super secret content that happens if you beat all of those uh, bosses for that second time? I bet they'll put a star on your save. They'll do something like that. That's yeah, <laughs> their typical bullshit of like, oh, we put a star to acknowledge you did this thing. Yeah, no actual new content. Yeah. So two things. Uh, one, um, I'm loving that you know they're embracing the game's original aesthetic more or less um and they're adding in like all these really detailed uh cinematics to it which looks great um and number two i don't know did you ever play the original for maybe an hour at most okay so one of the things about the original is that it had like a secret boss in it that was called Kulex, and Kulex was basically like a sort of Either, depending on who you ask, it's either an homage or a parody to, like, classic Final Fantasy uh, final bosses. You know, the ones where they go all, you know, angel godlike and suddenly have, are, like, all OP and everything. He's literally the hardest boss in the entire game to fight. Um, and I'm curious if, they're, if, he, if they still keep him in the game and what they're going to do with him. Because part of the f- funny thing about him was that in the original game, he was literally a sprite like an unmoving sprite, just like all the classic Final Fantasy ones. Um, and I'm like, are they going to go more in detail? Or are they going to try and keep the original sprite? Or are they going to kind of like, you know, Octopath Traveler it, where he has a little movement, but only a little? Um, yeah, I kind of want to see what they end up doing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's that. That's November 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Super Crazy Rhythm Castle's getting out ahead of that th- by three days. Yep. Uh, like right after Call of Duty, so mm-hmm. not much uh, hope for that game, but nope. probably a pretty good one to get on sale Yeah, when that happens. Uh, let's see, next up here, a new January game, January 19th mm-hmm. for Another Code Recollection. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a collection of two adventure games that Nintendo released on the DS and a Wii sequel that never came over to the West, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, another code, Two Memories, or Trace Memory in Europe. Yep. And another code, R, A Journey into Lost Memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think these are kind of... Uh, let's see. Travel to the remote Blood Edward Island is Ashley, a 13-year-old girl in search of her father. And another mm-hmm. code, Two Memories. Ashley yeah. receives a letter from her father, who she believed to be dead, setting yeah. off a chain of mysteries and visions into the past. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, that's neat. And yeah, the the second game that most people here in the West didn't play, though most people didn't play either of these games. Uh, like yeah. They did that well, uh, really. Uh, so yeah, that's neat. So you'll be able to check that out. Uh, I wonder if that's a $60 game. Let's see. This is going to be yep, $60 game for that. So good luck with that. There's you want to look up the Mario versus Donkey Kong. So I think that's pages probably up as well. 
Let's see. 50 bucks. All right, they're going cheap on that one. Barely. Uh, let's see. Next up here, we finally got a premise and name for the Peach game, the Princess Peach game. Uh, this is Princess Peach Showtime. Uh, that'll be out March 22nd next year, uh, where essentially she is going on a trip uh, to the Sparkle Theater to see a special show there uh, when the wicked rape and the sour bunch steal the show. Uh, so Peach partners with the theater's guardian, Stella, to uh, yeah try and stop them. Uh, she uses a powerful ribbon that she puts in her hair that apparently gives her the ability to switch uh, roles, I guess, because uh, it seems like everything in this this trailer uh, is framed as essentially stage performances. Yep. Uh, in a neat way. Uh, yeah. And the stylist almost reminds me of Puppeteer. Yeah. That Sony made. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it kind of has a lot of those kind of vibes to it as there's a lot of like cardboard cutouts, uh, props and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she kind of, is able to take on different roles as like a, a swashbuckling musketeer, yeah, uh, sort of a, a kung fu master, you yep. know, a cook, yeah, uh, or baker kind of stuff, uh, a bunch yeah. of stuff like that. So that looks pretty neat, more inventive than say, uh, what was it, Super Princess Peach that came out on the DS back in the day? Yeah. Uh, so that looks pretty neat. Actually, looks really neat. I might actually look into this when it comes out next year. Um, and I do love the whole sort of her taking on all these personas sort of idea. That's actually really cool. And it also kind of gives a hit on how we're probably going to do with her character going forward on Smash. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I would not be surprised if they end up putting that mechanic in there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a $60 game. Yeah. On, this, on the, the Nintendo page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's get to some third-party things. we got a new Saga game announced. Yep. Uh, Saga Emerald Beyond for mm-hmm. PlayStation, Switch, PC, and mobile. Yeah. Uh, that is just next year, early next year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really have a date for that. Uh, but yeah, it seems like the the other Saga games should pick one of a handful of characters, play through their story, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes through uh, 17 unique worlds. Yeah. Uh, leads you through that in different ways to experience all these stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff, but also kind of looks uh, pretty rough from what it shows in here. But yeah, that's kind of the saga brand at this point. Is yeah, pretty much games with interesting ideas that maybe don't pull them off. Super yeah, well. but if you're into that, that's gonna be something neat for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up here, we got the the weirdest named game of everything here: mm-hmm. Tomb Raider one through three. Remastered, starring yep. Lara Croft. That's the entire title. Yep. Uh, maybe one, two, three. I don't know what the... I might double-check my emails there yeah. to see what the... If that's actually in there, because I didn't get the hint. No, it's one through three. Yeah. Okay. They just wrote it weird here, but... I think on the, the, the logo, they put one, two, and three on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's one, two... It's one... Through three, uh, 
remastered starring Lara Croft. Make sure you yeah. have all the branding in there, the Tomb Raider and the Lara Croft. Because they're well, I mean, didn't that's how the original games were, you know, have promoted. They were starring Lara Croft because she was like one of the first. Uh, she basically become the like first big gaming celebrity character since Mario. So, you know, her being yeah. in it was a big deal. Um, but yeah, it is it is awkward as all hell. I agree. Um, look at the box art for the first game is featuring Lara Croft. Yep. So not starring. Uh, let's see. Second one definitely has starring on it. Uh huh. And third one, Tomb Raider 3, Adventures of Lara Croft. Mm-hmm. No consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is essentially a uh, a remaster, a remake of the original games. You can have uh, the classic textures and the uh, modern style. Yeah, where her, you know, her boobs don't look quite as, you know, conical as they yeah. were originally. Yeah, uh, it looks like the... I don't know if the character model changes either, but um, yeah, it looks neat. This is coming to everything PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. February 14th, another game in the February uh, time frame. Uh, this also includes the expansions that I think the the PC version's got mm-hmm. uh, for each of the games, so you get some extra content there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, need to kind of go back and forth between the, the different visual styles. Please tell me that they at least somewhat modified the original control scheme because I don't know if you ever played the original Tomb Raider games. That original control scheme was an absolute nightmare to deal with. Yeah. It was it was needlessly convoluted. Um which I mean considering the time those games came out is semi understandable, I guess, because you know this was a this time period with like you know a full-on 3d adventure was like some completely newfangled shit for developers but you know there is there there's a much easier way to do this now yeah i don't know that they're gonna do that Mm -hmm. uh though they do okay yeah the email mentions uh let's see the ability to toggle on the fly between enhanced and original graphics as well as switch between classic and modern Mm -hmm. joystick control schemes I don't oh, know if that okay. just means you can use the the analog stick mm-hmm. to turn around, or if it's actual like smooth turning kind of thing. Uh, who mm-hmm. knows? We'll have to we'll have to see some sort of a gameplay trailer that shows the differences. Yeah, because uh, the description here is not super uh, descriptive. So yeah, I don't know, but that that seems promising. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I was never really a huge fan of those games, especially just all the animal killing, uh, where Laura's, you know, clearly invading these uh, animals' uh, spaces yeah. and just slaughtering them for daring to. Yeah, which is funny because they they actually like put a lampshade on that in the sequel series that they did yeah. after that, where she's like, "Yeah, it's a pity that this has to happen." I was like, "That's you're the one who's whatever." Yeah. Uh, what really needs it is the the next three games, oh, yeah. five and six, uh, up through Angel of Darkness. That is a terrible game. That game is an absolute travesty. Yeah, where they clearly were trying to be more like Metal Gear Solid and maybe uh, Perfect Dark, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they failed. Miserably. They tried to make it more 
have more stealth options and all that, and just it did not work. Nope. They're also planning to figure out how to make it like an episodic game. That was before there was really any sort of internet infrastructure to support that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's like, okay, they ended up just releasing a game, and it just was terrible. Yeah. That's the reason why they didn't make any more for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, after kind of churning out the, they made the four, fourth one on the PS1. I think they made like a a special uh, game that's like, ah, oh, here's uh, Laura's memories of past adventures and had mm-hmm. like some slightly different things you could do. I don't know. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. Another game that came out that day, Trombone Champ, uh, a very silly indie game yeah. on the PC. Um, yeah. Uh, where you're playing a trombone in a very absurd way, mm-hmm. uh, essentially moving your mouse up and down to try to match the uh, the notes as they move there, and clicking on things and doing all that stuff, trying to get you know combos and all that going in a mm-hmm. in a very comical way uh, with a lot of uh, uh, public domain songs and some original stuff mm-hmm. uh, that they made. Um, but yeah, here with the controller. Uh, on the Joy-Cons, uh, you can sort of play it that way, as well as they showed some weird... Mm-hmm. Uh, use the specific Joy-Con that has the IR sensor and kind of move your hand closer and away from it to control that. Mm-hmm. In a way that I was like, oh, I guess that's a thing you could do. I don't know how that would work, but uh, who knows? This also has a four-player local multiplayer mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, neat. That is a, that's a game people should check out. It's yeah. very fun and very silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Battle Crush. That was a Battle Royale game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Multiplayer battle action uh, game. So that one has, let's see, Switch PC Mobile. They have a beta October 23rd to the 30th. Mm-hmm. That's a Switch launch exclusive. So you can check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also out now, War Tales. Uh, this is sort of a like a turn-based RPG Mm-hmm. That came out on Steam a while ago. Uh, coming out to Switch as a Switch launch exclusive. So that's yeah. another, another launch exclusive. Then we got Contra Operation Galuga, uh, which I think is a remake of the original game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a thorough imagining of the classic run-and-gun action game from the 80s. Yeah. Which I assume means the original Contra, but I don't. they don't just say it. Uh, the original Contra, that was the arcade. Yeah, not the one yeah. that you got on that was on NES. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're making uh, a remake of that. Yeah, uh, with Way Forward, so that should mean it should be pretty good. Yeah, if Konami we'll is smart and this isn't just another shameless money grab like the last Contra game was. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that looks neat. That'll be out early next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Yeah. Uh, then we got a little bit of a surprise here. Unicorn Overlord. Yep, the another Delaware game. From Atlas, yep. Yeah. Uh, tactical RPG mm-hmm. uh, for PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox. No PC version of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 8th. And yeah, they also have a, a ridiculous special edition for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, premium edition box, 16-bit arranged music album, mm-hmm. two discs with 10 tracks on each, 132-page art book, yeah. and original card game featuring 239 cards, tokens, and markers. Because of course. 
Yeah, so that um, must mean that that has a, a card game you can play in the game. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it's very Fire Emblem-esque um, with, uh, you know, with also bits of Advance Wars on it as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's also, it's a Vanillaware game, so yeah, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And the artwork looks like them doing their best Final Fantasy tactics. Yeah. Uh, doing Final Fantasy tactics, a little bit of Modern Fire Emblem, and of course, you know, George Kamiyama making sure to put his fetishes in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely toned down from, like, say, Dragon's Crown, but yeah, it's still there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's in March. Uh, let's see. We got an update on Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, mm-hmm. uh, what they're calling uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of going back to the original name. Because mm-hmm. uh, here in the West, they kind of just changed that to Dark Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they, I don't know, felt the 2 was not a great thing to do in the West. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's out on the Switch sometime this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's them going way beyond the, the time frame the games were supposed to be available mm-hmm. for. Uh, but that looks neat. Uh, let's see, F099. I've already talked about that. It's out now for Nintendo Switch Online members. Mm. Uh, that's a cool game. Uh, let's yeah. see, they, they announced two League of Legends games. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that's out in November, Song of Nunu, and the other one, Bandel Tale, which is uh, uh, essentially them doing Stardew Valley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for that. So that's there you go for that. Uh huh. Uh, let's see, Ayudin Chronicle, 100 Heroes. Uh, they got a mm-hmm. new date for that, April 23rd, 2024, uh, for everything. So you can check that out next year. Yeah. Uh, let's see, we got DLC for Eastward, Octopia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Switch and PC, that's out sometime this holiday. No date on mm-hmm. that yet. Uh, we got Wargrove 2, Wargrove 2. Mm-hmm. The uh, very much, what if we mashed Advanced Wars and fire emblem together yep into a, a cool thing although um, it's much more of the advanced wars side of the thing um or at yeah. least the original definitely was and the first game really was fantasy advanced wars like yeah 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 so uh the sequel has been announced for a little while now um, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's going to be a switch console exclusive mm-hmm. uh coming on october 5th uh also be on pc as well, so it seems like it's not coming to anything else uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, unfortunately. So people that are not on Switch or want to play this on a, a different platform will have to mm-hmm. check out the PC version mm-hmm. instead. Because uh, I have the uh, the Xbox version, so I have it on Xbox and PC. Mm. Uh, won't be able to play the, at least on the Xbox, so that's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next up here, Dave the Diver is coming to Switch October 26th. Mm-hmm. That is a, also a Switch launch exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very cool game. Uh, essentially, you are a diver named Dave who is uh, taken upon this uh, or is brought into this weird little business uh, thing that's happening around this place called the Big Blue Hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of the the ocean that has all these weird fish and all this that you are yeah. uh, catching, uh, mm-hmm. catching by harpooning them or slashing them with a, a weapon of some kind and catching them so that 
on the evenings, you can uh, cook them up or not cook them up, but uh, prepare them as sushi in the shop uh, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you're switching back and forth in some really cool ways and going through some uh, very cool and wild stories that involve like ancient race of people under the sea Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff that uh, is ridiculous. So that'll be worth checking out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then we got the, the details on uh, the final Wave 6 of the Booster mm. Course Pass for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, mm. uh, where, yeah, they have new courses they've announced, but they're also having more characters uh, to this. Diddy Kong for Mario Kart Double Dash, Funky Kong for Mario Kart Wii, uh, Pauline and Peachette for Mario Kart Tour. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, let's see the... Yeah, and some new courses as well. They don't detail them, but uh, we'll learn more when we get a date for that stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bigger for that. And the last couple things, there's a new map for Among Us called The Fungal. Mm-hmm. That'll be out in October for everything. Mm. And then they ended on a new uh, announcement, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Yep. Essentially remaking it for the Switch for... Mm-hmm. Sometime next year. No yep. even time frame for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's yet another Mario game there. But uh, Paper Mario, the the GameCube game that uh, was not heavily printed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of those games just kind of flew under the radar on the GameCube because mm-hmm. it was the GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a handful of games that were big on there, and the others kind of went to the side. But this is the, the second game in the series. Mm. Uh, beloved and uh, yeah this will be neat to see like what new things they do with this mm-hmm. uh, I have not checked it out but uh, that'll be fun mm-hmm. so yeah some neat stuff there first mm. direct but very much like uh, we need to keep this going until we get the next thing out the next switch out Yeah. Uh, for that so yeah let's get into the playstation state of play Mm-hmm. Not too much new here, but they did put out some new stuff. Uh, we got a new trailer for Baby Steps, uh, yeah. the, the new Bennett Foddy game with some other devs uh, for Devolver Digital, where you're playing uh, a fail son who has been uh, warped into a different world or something like that, mm. uh, and is able to only able to like walk around everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is played as like a fun physics kind of silly game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the trailer was pretty good with him running into a a dude who clearly does mountain climbing and all that. And he's just like, "Oh, just use your grappling hook and get across." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll just use my fucking grappling hook." He's like, "Yeah, just use your grappling hook." He's like, "All right, I'll use my fucking grappling hook." Uh, this kind of thing. And the guy runs away, and he's like, "All right, trying to figure out how to get across this thing," and then falls down. Mm-hmm. fucks himself up that kind of yeah. thing it's, that's going to be a fun game mm-hmm. uh, yeah before we got a, just a 2024 time frame and now they're saying summer 2024 mm. uh, so that's cool yeah uh, then we got Roblox confirmed to be coming to Playstation mm-hmm. uh, October 10th uh, so that's neat for uh, bad news for all the parents out there oh yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, if you don't know, this is essentially Fortnite for kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, Fortnite is already... I mean, technically, Fortnite is already Fortnite for kids, but... 
Uh, not really. Like Fortnite, I think you graduate into that from mm. Roblox, but Roblox is very much uh, providing a bunch of different experiences to it that are made by other people. Yeah. Uh, Some of them 100% IP theft, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and lots of lots of weird stuff in there uh, yeah. that are potentially not great for kids. Yeah, and it's also crawling with pedophiles because yeah. of course it is because we can't have nice things. Yeah, now they're talking about having like a, a 17 plus option in there mm-hmm. for adults and then having dating in there, which I'm like, no. Why? I mean, I, did you not just hear what I just said? Like, Yeah. Uh, you're making the problem worse. It's because there's tons of people on there. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, a reason to expand into other things, but it's also very much like what uh, is going on with Twitter right now, where Elon wants you to do your banking with Twitter and all this shit that nobody uh, wants. I don't cr- trust that man with anything, <laughs> let yeah. alone my banking information. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got some PSVR 2 stuff. Ghostbusters Rise of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Ghost Lord is coming to PSVR 2 October 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also gave an update, uh, a new trailer on Resident Evil 4 VR mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be out this winter. Uh, so that looks neat uh, to give people another way to play that game. Mm-hmm. And then they announced another expansion, or the first expansion for Resident Evil 4 called Separate Ways. Mm-hmm. Essentially the Ada Wong expansion. Yep. Uh, which I believe is essentially what they added for the PS2 version mm-hmm. of the game back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, that'll be out September 21st, I believe. Mm. And I believe they're also having a showcase on that day to show off more of the, the DLC and some other Capcom stuff that's being worked mm. on. So, yeah. We'll maybe have some more news then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's see. They showed off more Ghost Runner 2 that's out October 26th. Uh, with the demo that's out now, so you can check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see some gameplay of Helldivers 2. Yeah. People actually playing that for PS5 and PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks pretty good. Uh, that'll be out February 8th, 2024. Another game yeah. to throw in the, the pile of February games next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Spider-Man 2. They showed off some of that, uh, especially showing yeah. off how the, the open world has been evolved here mm-hmm. especially your traversal yeah uh, because you know you can do your web slinging and all that uh around the city but they've also added a bunch of other ways uh you can swap between miles and peter instantaneously mm-hmm. uh potentially even in fight i think mm. uh but yeah there's new uh wait you know your fast travel is essentially instantaneous as well Mm-hmm. Um, all that kind of stuff. There's big slingshots to shoot you around the city. You have the the webs, the the armpit webs, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to fly around the city. They're it's ridiculous how much they mm-hmm. got in this game. Yeah, uh, as well as the the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man app that is from Miles Morales. So there'll be a bunch of side stuff you can do through there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. It's looking really good. They, you know, they they touted that they got sixty five costumes in the game for yep. uh, both characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of stuff in there from the movies and the the comics and the game, the other games and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, so yeah, they're they're making a big deal about all this, and I think 
the the special edition, deluxe edition, whatever, has some extra suits in it as well. So yeah, this this looks like it's going to be a very cool game. Mm. And yeah, the the devs are even talking about tech stuff uh, uh, outside of the showcase because um, they had some preview stuff going up. Mm. It has options for 30 FPS, 40 FPS, 60 FPS, all mm. with ray tracing. They yeah. do not have any way to play that game without ray tracing mm-hmm. on the PS5, as yeah. they've just figured that out how to make that work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's a uh, Spider-Man Two looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn expansion. Somehow mm-hmm. they're they're putting out DLC for this game that came out like three years ago. Yeah. That I figured they were done with. Yeah. <laughs> so when I saw this, I thought, oh, they're making a new one. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That game was good. I thought they were going to make a sequel. And I was like, no, this is just DLC. I was like, what? Yeah. Why? Because like, th- that game ended perfectly. You don't need <laughs> to add that, on any more to it. It's so long. Yeah. Why do you need more of that that's sell more of it? It's like, mm-hmm. just make a sequel. Yeah, seriously. And this kind of is because it's over a year later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of epilogue-ish, but uh, adds over 20 hours of game content. Yeah. It's like, why isn't that just a new game? Yeah, seriously. Jeez, just new game and then add even more stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Make it another 100 hours. Why not? Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that game did well. Yeah. You can afford it. Basically save the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's out November 9th, so pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Honkai Star Rail is finally coming to PS5 October 11th. Yeah. So you can get your... This is more of a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. uh, versus the Genshin Impact being a Breath of the Wild clone. Yeah. But still got all the gotcha mechanics to get all the uh, the pretty uh, anime people into your game. Yeah. So uh, get ready to give, you know, if you, if you're... The type of person who, who, you know, I will, for, to be fair to, uh, you know, the developers, um, they do generally give you enough opportunity that you can basically experience most of the game without ever having to give them a penny. Um, So, you know, uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case this time, but it might be. We'll see, I guess. Well, I can say that when I have gotten emails about this game for the, the PC version, uh-huh. uh, they would regularly advertise, yeah, here's one, Honkai Star Departure Festival, log in and get up to 90 pulls. Yeah. Basically, 90 uh, you know, different rolls of the dice to figure out what characters you get. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Like, download it now and you'll get 90 pulls. And I'm like, why would you advertise this this way? Yeah. Honkai, new, Honkai Star Rail new version is here. Log in to earn 10 pulls for a limited time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're just advertising the gotcha part of it right out. Yep. Not that it's a surprise or anything, but geez. Yeah. You're sending emails saying, check it out, and you get 90 pulls. Uh-huh. Uh, but we'll get that now for the PlayStation 5 version. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, October 11th, so you'll be able to check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Two more to go. Foam Stars. 
coming to PS5 yeah. here uh, with an open beta, September 29th to October 1st. Yeah. Uh, this game looks pretty good. Uh, it's literally a Splatoon clone, but it's pretty Splatoon clone. So, yeah, it's kind of a little bit different in that the uh, the foam has like a volume to it versus Splatoon, mm-hmm. where the uh, the paint kind of just covers you know the surfaces. Yeah, uh, where you can kind of create uh, you know cover and that kind of stuff around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that adds like an interesting uh, uh, layer of you know possibilities to it so and from what i've seen of people playing this in uh during summer game fest and whatnot like saying like actually it's it's really cool Mm -hmm. uh for that so yeah i'll be checking this out here in about two weeks uh when Mm -hmm. that's available so it looks pretty cool and uh yeah there'll be eight playable characters Mm -hmm. and two modes in it smash the Mm -hmm. star uh let's see all that has different objectives that show up as you go. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And then happy bath survival. Mm. That seems like your basic you know, battle between two teams comprised of two infield players and two outfield players. Victory earned by defeating both opponent infield players while outfield players support and provide defense. That's uh, uh bomberman. Mm. That's, that's what if you made bomberman, but Splatoon. Yeah. <laughs> Because you got your outfield players supporting the infield players. Uh huh. Maybe there's a way you can swap in uh, with all mm. that stuff. But uh, they ended on a big game, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, a big trailer showing off a bunch of this game. Uh, that'll be out February 29th. Again, another February game. Mm-hmm. You're starting February with Persona 3 Reload and ending with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, JRPG fans will be. Uh, overloaded here mm-hmm. early on in 2024. So, uh, but this one looks to be a big one as they show up a bunch there, especially that you're going to the Golden Saucer to do a bunch of stuff there. Yeah. Uh, you get your Chocobo racing and such, but they also showed off like a weird little fighting thing mm-hmm. uh, where the characters have, you know, PS1 style polygon models yeah. to them. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff there. And also Cloud driving around on a Segway, just mm. hanging out. Yeah. To which people made a meme of Cloud doing that, and then Sephiroth shows off with this much bigger, mm. uh, longer Segway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But, yeah, a bunch of people in the party with Kate Sith or Cat Sith or Cat Shith or whatever. I, I don't – it's an Irish name, but yeah, we obviously are not Irish and – Nope. Uh, that knowledgeable of how that's supposed to actually be pronounced. So mm-hmm. they have a chance to actually pronounce it. Yes. And watch where they're going to say, yes, it's uh, my name is Kate Seth. And it's like, oh, so it really was just like that. And we're all going to be so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's that. There's Vincent. There's Red 13. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Red 13 was in the last game. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's like a, a big deal here for the whole game. Uh, mm-hmm. Vincent shows up because he's he's got to, yeah, his weird way, yeah, because it's just weird. It's like, oh, we found a vampire man. He wants to help us. Yeah. Okay, sure. whatever. You'll get your own shitty game soon enough. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, gold saucers in here. Bunch of mini games. Uh, making a big open world kind of thing here, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we wanted because yeah. the whole thing about this is you're finally leaving, um, you know, you're finally leaving the, you know, the, the wall. So now, you know, this was like in the, in the game, this was the point where in the original, this was the point where like the world actually did open up. Yeah. So you really were able to go out and explore all these places for the first time. And yeah. they're going all in on that. And I was like, that's, that's what I wanted. Yeah. But what's really going to be interesting is seeing where they're going to be taking the story from here because they basically broke canon with the first one. So it can basically go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, this is the part of the game where Aerith dies. Maybe. Maybe. I think it's it might end up being Tifa that dies. Oh yeah, my maybe. god, can you imagine the shitstorm that would happen? <laughs> what if Cloud dies? Yeah, Cloud could end up being the one that dies. So why not? He's the, the mopey one. Yeah. So why not? And then have Tifa take over as the protagonist. That'll... Holy shit, that'll... Man, that, I, I kind of want that to happen now. Yeah. Do uh, that. They do, yeah, they do also show Zack... Yes, well. Zach's in here because they gotta they gotta bring in the the that other game somehow. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, is he an actual player? Is this in you know flashback stuff? Yeah, maybe Cloud dies and Zach takes over. Oh God, don't 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 jinx it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a lot of the stuff there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that game looks fantastic. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I was looking at one of these. Odin's horse says way too many muscles. Uh, I mean, it's Odin's horse. Why wouldn't he have too many muscles? Yeah, but it's just creepy. I know it's supposed to be, but it's just like when you see the the horse and dog breeds that are overly muscly, and you're just like, mm-hmm. that's not right. That shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Just don't use him ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this they're doing a whole big blowout of features and such, so if you want to look at this article here, there's tons mm-hmm. of screenshots you can pour over and all that. Uh, they're not going to carry over saves mm-hmm. for this. Uh, what they're going to do is detect if you have a save for uh, FF7 Remake and uh, Integrate, yeah. uh, the expansion, and if you have those, you get some bonuses, which I think uh, are just summons materials. Yeah, like some some stuff that might be, uh, you know, the, the I guess the stuff that's kind of vapid, I guess, but uh, yeah. nothing super major. <laughs> yeah, let's um, just give you, which is good because I loved that game, but I don't want to play it, you know, all the way through again. Yeah, I don't know how how you would integrate that in a way that makes sense. Yeah, just like do you just essentially raise the level cap and just keep going. Cause I assume they're going to keep all the abilities and such. Yeah. You kind of just add on to that if you need to, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not even really add on much. I don't know. There's probably more stuff, but yeah, especially since they do that in like materia kind of stuff where you mm-hmm. get new summons and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that could be all, all there. So they also have a special, uh, what they're calling like a Midgar, yeah the the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth Twin Pack. Mm. It's a hundred bucks uh, that gets you both 
uh, remake, integrate, and rebirth mm-hmm. uh, all together. So if you have not checked out any of it, that's pretty good value. Oh yeah, the base game's seventy bucks, and you can just get into that mm-hmm. uh, that way and just play this other stuff now mm-hmm. uh, over the next few months. Yep. So yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot. Now I have to go back and finish Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. I mean, like, Chapter 8, which I don't know how many chapters are in that game, but... I think there's, like, 12. Yeah. I might be... Okay, don't get me wrong. It's been a, a while, a hot minute since I've played it, so I might be way off base. But Also, the chapters don't mean anything. Some are really short and some are very long. Yeah. It could be like saying, oh, you only got Act 3 of Baldur's Gate to go. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's as much as the other two acts combined mm-hmm. it's like oh okay so i just play another game essentially mm-hmm. so yeah there you go that's the the show for this week a lot of good stuff oh yeah good stuff uh, good stuff a lot of stuff to look forward to over the rest of this year and early next year mm-hmm. uh, especially in february so that's the thing you can uh, look forward to now you have more dates yeah people complained we didn't have many dates going into this fall now we have mm-hmm. all of them oh yeah now we have all the dates. Not much in December. I don't know why they're not putting much out in December, but... Uh, I've always... Well, it's Black Friday. That's why. Yeah, but there's plenty of games that are not going to do well in November. Yeah. Uh, like Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, that'd be better in December. Yeah. Uh, it's a digital game. It's, you're not going to get much out of Black Friday either way. Mm-hmm. That might have a physical release. I don't know, but... Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's going to be it for the show. Thank you to Brandon mm-hmm. for joining this week. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with the new slate of news and stuff to mm-hmm. talk about. Uh, and we'll see how the Unity stuff goes, because now they'll announce that probably in the next couple of days, and then developers will pour over it and tell them it's probably still shit. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know, they should check it out and uh, yep. select strangers that uh, also will not make games for Unity. Yeah, because screw those people. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All my homies hate Unity now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one. <laughs>